and welcome to the show. First of all, excuse my voice, it's very late, but this is the only time, literally, that I'm able to record, (laughs) and I really do enjoy recording these episodes and having a new episode available every Thursday. So I'm here, it's a global pandemic, we're all just doing our best, um, but I want to show up for myself and I want to show up for you, so thank you for being here. So this week, I decided I'm going to talk a little bit about finding your own voice within kids yoga. And as someone who's been in this industry for over 10 years, I can say that it takes a while. And I guess it's just like with everything. It it takes a while to find your footing and to learn from others and to begin to figure out what exactly it is that you have to say, what it is that you have to offer that is unique, that is authentic, that is something that only you can give. And since it takes time, I thought, we have time. We've got time right now. Um, Most of us are kind of at a standstill. Our lives are kind of on hold. Um, Whether you're working from home or you're a parent, so you're not really getting any time to yourself, but just kind of trying to keep your kids' lives in motion and keep your household running wherever you are at this time, there are these kind of rare windows into being able to reflect. So for those of you who have been listening, you might know this already, but for new listeners, I live here in New York City. I've got a four-year-old. I've got a one-year-old. I've got a husband who's working from home full-time. And I've got my dog, Romeo. And we're here in our New York City apartment, and we spend almost every day inside our apartment. And I try to keep things exciting (laughs) as much as I can by doing things like rearranging furniture, um, taking out new toys, rotating things, trying my best to come up with new ideas for quote-unquote art projects for my daughter. (laughs) which might mean just getting new markers. But, you know, we're, we're taking it day by day. But within that and within trying to keep things moving and safe and comfortable for everybody, I do have rare moments of stillness when I can sit and reflect and think about things. And I know for all of us, depending on what your situation is, you might have those pockets of time where you're kind of like, oh, wait, wow, the world stopped. I'm home right now. You know, what does all this mean? 
So I thought I'd take this opportunity to maybe guide you along and just pose some questions and give some ideas for finding your voice as a kid's yoga teacher. And this is all based on my own experience and what I've learned along the way. So my number one question for you today is, what is it about kids' yoga that makes your heart sing? Why do you want to teach yoga to children? What is it about it that speaks to you? Why is it something you want to pursue? So this is something you can think about. And I think this is something that's so, so important to kind of have in your mind and to understand. Because those of us that come to this field who decide we want to teach yoga to children are in it because we love it. Because it's not an easy industry to be in. It's certainly not an easily lucrative industry to begin to be in. You know, you don't come into kids yoga to be like, I'm going to make a lot of money. Um, although for those who've started their own businesses and become successful in the financial part, that's incredible, right? Because kids yoga should be everywhere. And the more yoga we get out to kids, the better. And the more success we see within the industry, I truly feel, the better. But the truth is, I think a lot of us, or most of us, get into this because it just makes our hearts sing. So if you had to just take a moment and think about that, what is it about kids' yoga that makes your heart sing? What would it be? And you might even want to pause this podcast right now and just think about it. For me, it's presence. It's being there with children, seeing them for who they are, and allowing them to just be who they are without any other goal to teach them something or to teach them a skill or get them better at anything. Ultimately, when I'm teaching yoga to kids, I'm there with them, I see them, and to me, what's the ultimate gift? It's being seen, truly seen by another person. I also am completely invigorated by the idea of giving children tools for self-regulation that can then potentially last a lifetime. So planting the seed in a three-year-old that how you breathe can change how you feel can be life-changing. And I know that sounds dramatic, but it's the truth. Our breath is always with us. So to learn at three years old that, oh, okay, when I get scared, I start to breathe shallow. <sighs> My breath gets short, but guess what? I can take deep breaths. I can start to calm my body. Imagine learning this at three years old when your brain is still very much malleable and forming. To me, that's so exciting that we can plant these seeds that can potentially 
help children so much in their lives. I also love that yoga gives children confidence. And it's not the kind of confidence that I yearned for as a child, as a dancer, looking in a mirror, trying to do three pirouettes, or trying to get my leg higher, and then I'd feel confident. It's a different confidence. It's an inner confidence. It's not about doing a headstand, but if we've been practicing for a long time and we really want to learn a certain pose, say it's crow pose, and we practice, we practice, and we get to the point where we feel it within our own body, it offers such confidence. And there's never any comparison. There's no mirror, you know, trying to get the pose to look a certain way. We're not comparing to the other kids in the class. Kids yoga gives us an opportunity to teach children things that could be really physically challenging and exciting, but not in a way that makes them better or worse than anyone else, in a way that helps them with their own relationship with themselves. So that, and, and seeing the children I've taught in the past find confidence in their bodies through the asana practice, through the poses, and also just through learning to focus and through their breath and becoming present in their own body. There's nothing like it. And I guess the last thing I would say for me personally that makes my heart sing is being able to reflect back to children who they are. And in a yoga class where you're able to have more discussion, we are able to bring in different themes and ideas that might help them to relate to the world outside of the yoga studio. There's so much to it. So that's my personal thoughts. But what are yours? What is it about kids yoga that makes your heart sing? And if you're listening this week and you have anything you'd like to share, please, please let me know. You can write to me on Instagram. You could email me, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. Write to me on Facebook. Let me know. What makes your heart sing? So the next question that I want to ask you in finding your voice as a kids yoga teacher is what are your unique strengths and talents? And this can be a hard one, right? Because as people and in this industry, we are a majority women, we're kind of taught to be nice, just kind of blend in, you know, don't make a scene. Um, you don't necessarily, as a young girl, with the messages we get in society, look for these qualities. Oh, what's what makes me unique? What makes me strong? What, what are my talents? 
I do think that's changing, by the way. I do think that the girls we're raising now um, see things differently, and I pray and I hope so, especially raising a girl myself. But as a 35-year-old woman now, I, I sat there and I thought about this. What are my unique strengths and my talents? Ask yourself this and be honest with yourself because you are unique, you are strong, you are talented. And it might not be in the way that someone else is, but that's who they are. Who are you? Personally, when I reflect on this, I am aware I have a calming energy. I'm able to offer warmth. I can be very patient. I can be very present. I'm able to see who's in front of me. I'm able to listen to who's in front of me. I've always been able to connect with children and understand them and and see them, not as anything different than us, but the same as all humans. I've always been able to see children for who they are, which is full human beings having a real experience. And I'm also not afraid to be silly. So that certainly comes in handy when I'm working with small children. I'll play, I'll make animal sounds, I'll jump around, I'll go with whatever they're offering. Um, And those are kind of my strengths that help me be the kids yoga teacher that I am. Another question I wanted to ask you in finding your kids' yoga voice is, what's your dream? If you can create an ideal world where you're teaching the ages of children you want to teach, the amount of classes you want to teach, the location you want to teach, what would that look like? And I know right now, That's a little complicated because as I record this, we're in a global pandemic. We're all home. And for those of you teaching, you're teaching virtually. You're teaching online. So we don't really know what this new world is going to look like. That doesn't mean we can't dream, right? So what would it look like? What ages do you love to teach? What ages come naturally to you? Is there an age of children that you're interested in, but you don't have as much experience you want to learn about? Do you like teaching in school settings? Do you like teaching at a studio? Do you like teaching private sessions for children at their homes? Maybe you've done none of these yet and you don't know. But these are all different options of what you could potentially try. And right now, ask yourself, do you enjoy teaching yoga virtually to children? It might feel weird and strange, but maybe this is something you can learn and develop. Maybe it's not. So these are just different things to consider when you're thinking about Who am I? 
as a kids yoga teacher. Finally, I wanted to end with this thought of turning your quote-unquote negative traits into your superpowers. And I got this idea from a book by Christina Kuzmich. And she wrote a book called Hold On, But Don't Hold Still. And it's a wonderful memoir. It's very inspiring. And I actually found her through my best friend, Beth, who grew up with Christina. And Christina has been on this really amazing journey from afar that I've seen where she was on uh, first a reality show for Oprah Winfrey's network own and it was a show about finding the next reality star for own and she ended up uh, winning that along with Zach Anner another person that was on it um, and then from there she did have a cooking show for a bit that fizzled out. I don't think it was exactly what she was envisioning. And she started making her own videos, which started to go viral. And since then, she's had over a billion views of her videos. And a lot of her videos are focused on parenting, but she's also got a number of videos about other things. Um, I've seen her make videos about sexual assault, about miscarriage, about in-laws. Like the, the range is amazing. So check her out. Christina Kuzmich. It's K-U-Z-M-I-C. And her book is Hold On But Don't Hold Still. But anyway, I'm saying all this because in her book, she talks about this idea of think of the quote-unquote negative traits that people have told you about yourself and spin those and make them your superpowers. So for her, she's got a lot of energy. So as a child, she was always told she was too much. She was over the top. She's dramatic. It's a lot. She's too hyper, etc. And then it, it turns out that all of these qualities are what make her this incredible, inspirational, viral video star, author who, you know, millions of people are following. So she, over time, realized that all of these things that she was being told were negative about her were actually what made her her best when she was able to see it that way. So my question to you is, can you pinpoint some negative, in quotes, qualities that people have said about you, and how are those actually your superpowers? And this is a a different way of seeing things. So I reflected on this after I read it and before I was going to record, and I was thinking, all right, what are some things I've heard about myself? And I think In the past, I've heard too sensitive, too emotional, but wait a second, those are amazing qualities to have to teach children. If I'm 
super sensitive and in touch with my emotions, that makes it so easy to connect with children. Because I'm so aware of how the children are feeling. And if a child bursts into tears or has an outburst, it doesn't surprise or rattle me. I'm like, oh, I get it. So I realized, oh, okay, this overly sensitive emotional side of me is actually a superpower when it comes to teaching kids yoga. I also tend to make decisions rather quickly, pretty decisive, but you know that could be seen as negative because I might not take the time to really think things over and, and weigh my options. I just kind of think, ooh, that looks good. I want to do that. Some kind of um, spontaneous in that sense where I kind of feel something, get excited, go, do it. While that can be seen as negative, it's also such a positive quality to have when teaching kids. Because I can come in there with my grand lesson plan and my amazing ideas, but if Sally over there decides that she wants to be a lobster the whole class, this has happened by the way, I gotta be able to go with it and get excited about it and say, oh cool, okay, we're gonna do this. So that spontaneity, which could be seen as a negative quality, is actually a superpower when I teach yoga to children. And then there's one other one that came to me, and it was one of those middle school insults that I got. And for those of you listening who had rough middle school years, which... From when I talk to people, a lot of people have had that experience, especially as young girls. There was this sleepover that I wasn't able to go to because I had a dance show. And when I went to school on Monday, I learned that apparently all the girls had been talking about me and saying all these very mean things. And of course, it was all repeated back to me, very middle school style. And one of the things that was said was that I tried to be funny, but I wasn't. And I remember that particular comment just stinging so hard. And I was like, oh, man, I try to be, I do, do I do that? You know, and it's just so sad to think of when you're 12 years old and you don't know yourself yet and everything you hear, you believe and... To this day, I hear that. I'm like, all right, I could cry right now. Like, it's so sad. (laughs) However, when I was doing this exercise and I thought about negative things that have been said that I could spin into superpowers, I was like, wait a second. That's one of them. You know what? Maybe I do try to be funny sometimes. And maybe sometimes it falls flat or it's too much, but guess what? That's a freaking superpower with kids. When I'm trying to be funny with kids, usually they think it's funny. <laughs> if nothing else, they're laughing at me, um, which is great. So 
I think what it boils down to is just, I guess, an ability to find the laughter, to see the funny things, to see things that maybe other people haven't noticed, and to be able to spin those in a way and make them funny, whether other people think so or not, doesn't actually really matter, even if I make one kid laugh? Like, is that a failure? I don't think it is. So, I guess that's my other kids yoga superpower. Maybe I try too hard, but maybe it also makes one kid laugh and feel better. So I'm glad I try. The alternative would be not to try at all. So what are your superpowers? This is hard. Because it's not easy to kind of think through, oh, what are the negative things people say about me? Not the best topic to ponder on. However, it does give you this cool power to say, what are those things people have said that stung? And how can I flip those around and make them powerful and positive? Especially within your kids' yoga teaching. So that's my challenge to you. Can you find one, two, three of these qualities and see how they actually just make you a better teacher? Because I feel pretty strongly that every single person listening will be able to do this and realize that they're superheroes. So, who are you as a kid's yoga teacher? There's a lot of pressure externally to be a certain way. But none of that matters to children. There's no faking it when it comes to children. How can you arrive in a kids' yoga class, whether it's online or in person, and bring who you are? Because what better lesson to teach our children than to just be who they are? So that's it. That's all I wanted to say this week. Just a few questions to think about. I know for me personally, my son still wakes up a few times a night. I'll get him back to sleep and then I'll lay down and I'm like, well, I want to go back to sleep. So I think I'll just imagine something. And I just imagine myself in at a beach or in a hotel or whatever. <laughs> Maybe... You can imagine, hmm, what would be my ideal kids' yoga teaching situation? Thank you for listening. I am so grateful that you listened, whether you are a new listener or a regular listener. I hope you know I appreciate every single person that is supporting this podcast. It means so much to me. And if you'd like the podcast to keep going, which I sincerely hope it can, 
please follow me on Instagram, The Kids Yoga Podcast. You can follow me on Facebook, The Kids Yoga Podcast. You can email me, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. Um, subscribe to the podcast. If you could share this podcast with anyone who you think might be interested or benefit from it, that would be awesome. Thank you for listening. I'm thinking of you all. We're going to get through this. There's going to come a time when it starts to get better. We're getting there. And if you can share with me some things that you thought of from this episode about your voice as a kids yoga teacher, I would love to hear it. Thanks everyone. Namaste.